Hello and welcome back to another episode of Prem de la Prem. It is our Baker's Dozen episode, a momentous day for everyone involved, and April 9th of the year of our Lord, 2019. I'm joined... <laughs> no, it's too early. I'm, I'm joined as always by um, my good friend and colleague, Patch Crowley. Uh, have you prepared an opening statement? I have not. I never do. Um, so I would like to take five minutes of your time to talk to you about my Lord and Savior, Mesut Ozil. Um, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. We got I'm- a lot. <laughs> we got a lot on tap for you guys today. Um, I think we kind of sent off last our last episode with a promise of checking in uh, as these last few weeks of the Premier League roll through. Uh, so we're kind of coming back, trying to make good on our promise with... Uh, Status of the league as of week 32, which just wrapped up. We'll kick it off with a segment that I want to call, Does Anyone Want to Finish in the Top Four? (laughs) (laughs) We'll address each team as we go along. And then we'll take it to the title race, a.k.a. two horses in the back. And (laughs) it's got a special edition of Kiki, Do You Start Me? between uh, Liverpool and Man City. And then we'll wrap it up with a segment that I want to call, Look Back at It parentheses two chains where we look back at our <laughs> true where we look back at our first true. episode which um should never have been posted in in honesty Mm-mm. um an audible look, assault <laughs> it sounded like i was a special guest caller from hong kong <laughs> and we were in the same room together it oh, was bad. it was bad but um we Went did the archive it, the, the sad thing is, it had some good content in there, so I went back and mined for that content where we made our, our predictions for how the year was going to pan out, and some of them have aged interestingly, and, and um, a couple of them look like they're going to come true, so we'll we'll circle, we'll circle go full circle towards the end. But um, <clears throat> just to kind of kick things off, um, this podcast being business, you know, this is like a business podcast for us, and then there's also family. And then there's Family Business, which is arguably Kanye's best song, but I think we should Top talk three. about the family side of things. Uh, Patrick, you are an engaged man, and I would like to say congratulations. Well, thank you, James. Um, that I am. The missus sitting in the back and being, being quiet as she's... Should, should we allow her to, to holler onto the mic? Mm. Well, I mean, she's no, she's no stranger to the cast. Oh, no, she is no. Hey, Katie, say hi to the cast. Hey, cast. How's it shaking? All right, that's enough. Beautiful. Yeah, there she is. We are we are happily engaged. So appreciate that. All the fans, I'm sure um, you are... Katie. Um, <laughs> the fans, you're going to be waiting that registry link. We'll be sure to post that in the description. Mm-hmm. You can buy us whatever you'd like. Mm-hmm. Uh, alternatively, I will give you my address and you can send me an Xbox. I was told that's not going on the registry. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, James, I'm thrilled thrilled to be engaged. Thrilled to be back on the cast and, and appreciate the uh, appreciate the love. Yeah, no, it's fantastic. Um, I did want to ask whether a couple questions. Number one, was it a coincidence that this happened right after we had them on the podcast? You know, there's just something special about this podcast, James. You know, I'm not going to say that my entire engagement revolved around having them on the podcast, mm. but it was a big moment. Katie had some good answers. Great answers. Yeah. Very good at describing shit. Some say great. Uh, and then my second question. Yes. Uh, are we still going to do the podcast when you get married? Because if not, I reserve the right to do a shot-for-shot remake of the Fast 7 ending. Um, I think that we should do that shot-for-shot remake regardless. And then we'll just kind of sort out the um, the other question when, when the time comes. Okay. I'll be Vin Diesel, you're Paul, and Andy is Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> Things gonna be different now. <laughs> 
Oh, one last ride. He's supposed to send a book report Ooh. in. Lester in yeah. great form. I, I wonder he if told he even me, knows. He, uh, I have to acknowledge, he alphaed me when I asked. He just said, remind me tomorrow. And I, oh, yeah. <laughs> I, was too, uh, I was too petty to remind him. So, Andy, if you're listening, just get us that book report when you can. I thought he um, he power moved us when he said um, he had to take some clients out, and I was like, oh, <laughs> I guess he's getting really proactive. Like, I don't think he's taking clients out. I think he just didn't want to do the book report. That's my hot take for the oh wow, the whole but Andy that was situation. but that was to a different thread. Yeah, I mean, I think he's going that deep. I think he's going that deep. Oh yeah, he's he took the blue pill and now he's playing forty chess with us. Yep, and the the engineer just orchestrating. Oh man, pulling the strings. Okay, well, five minutes in. Let's let's talk about some football. Uh, first segment up. Does anyone want to finish in the top four? Where we stand right now is an absolute trash can fire between Chelsea, Spurs, Arsenal, and United in that order. And um, I figured just to kind of like organize this as we go through it, pick through the bones. Maybe we just take it team by team because right now Chelsea's sitting on sixty six points in third place. Having played a game more than Spurs, Arsenal, and United, and the gap from Chelsea to United is five. And in amongst them are our North London friends, um, Spurs and Arsenal. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe we kick it off with Chelsea. So I did a little, I did a little digging into this, and since the Kepa incident in late February, Chelsea have lost once. Wow. Away to Everton, and then they tied Wolves. Which um, I gave Carl, everyone knows Carl, our resident uh, Chelsea fan. I gave him some crap when that happened, and, and that aged terribly uh, yeah. as a United fan. So a, a really um, strangely good run of form since that incident. And I'm wondering if you could use your career mode FIFA knowledge to kind of fill us in on what you think is going on behind the scenes. Um, I think that the transfer ban, combined with the Kepa thing, I mean, they're still professionals at the end of the day. I think it did bring them together. Uh, because I, I think that they realize, they're smart enough to realize that it's just going to be them. There's no one else that's coming in here. Like, that's why, you know, we, we um, you know, Hudson Adoy, he wanted the transfer real bad. I think it was smart of Chelsea not to transfer him out. Mm-hmm. And so I think that they're kind of coming together a little bit and just kind of accepting that, you know, Sarri's here now. He's going to ride out the season. And if we don't get in the top, uh, the top four, we're going to lose Hazard. Like, we're going to lose our coach. We're going to be in a mess. And so I mean I think that I think that there's still a lot of talent on that side, especially defensive talent. I think they've kind of bonded together after that incident, miraculously enough. But of the um, yeah of those of those teams that are kind of in that top four race, they're they've given up the second fewest goals. You know, yeah. So they're they're keeping it together. And, and Hazard, I don't know if you saw the game just a couple of days ago. The man just put on a show. Oh yeah, it, you know, you know I, I still think he's the best player in the Premier League, and I think he Agreed. can take over a game whenever, wherever. Um, and, and so they don't need to be perfect because they've got a talent like that. I mean, that man is is as good as gone, right? He's he's gone. He's got to be right. Yeah, I I think Chelsea just earned on that performance alone, maybe an extra twenty thirty mil. For, for <laughs> but what do they do with the transfer ban, though? Um, they can't buy. I'm pretty sure they can sell. Right. I mean, I guess is is that what you th- is that why you have the the clause to buy on Higuain and you didn't sell Hudson Odoi and you paid 66 mm-hmm. million for Pulisic? Well, is exactly. that all just kind of let me hoard all of this just in case? And exactly. Then maybe and, the sum um, of that replaces Hazard. Uh, I'm speaking through Carl again because he's a 
big source of my knowledge for Chelsea, but what I'm hearing is that there are certain ways you can um, roadblock the transfer ban or at least delay it or circumvent it to make some moves um, as necessary. He seemed pretty confident about it. I don't I don't know whether or not that's going to hold up, but I think when you look at the players that you can hang on to, um, Pulisic coming in, the option to buy Higuain, they they kind of realize that this is the team. And to your point, they're only going to hurt themselves if they don't band together, which is pretty anti-Chelsea of them yeah. to do, to not just down tools on their on their manager. Yeah, and I mean, I think the, the other thing to mention with Chelsea is like, you know, with, with, with Hazard leaving, before Pulisic gets here, you know, they have, they have some young, exciting players on that team that are going to need to step up if this transfer ban holds, if... Um, you know, Hazard does leave. If those two things happen, which is a very real possibility, you know, Hudson Adoy is going to have to step into a much uh, larger role. Loftus Cheek is going to have to step into a much larger mm-hmm. role. Uh, even even Barkley, I think, has the potential to kind of, you know, the, I, none of them are going to sniff sniff Hazard, certainly not in the near term. You know, the Hudson Adoy ceiling supposedly is pretty high. I don't know how high, but yeah, like they they all have the ability to grow into like legitimate threats in the Premier League, and I think they're going to be given the opening. So that's kind of like from a as a neutral perspective as I can get about Chelsea, that's what's exciting me, that some of these guys are tra- starting to step up and play in a little bit larger of a capacity. Uh, but, but yeah, I don't I don't see them being super successful next year without Hazard and with a transfer ban, but you know, I think that the, they have enough promise that I don't think it's going to be as big of a hit as people might think. Agreed. You know, I do think it is a year kind of thing. Yeah, it's a case of growing the internal talent. And I think on paper, you look at the squad, that is a squad that should be making the top four. I would oh, absolutely. say it's absolutely. arguably arguably better than Arsenal and United and maybe on on par with Spurs or arguably better, um, or better than Spurs. It's a good team. Um, right. and I think everyone knew that. It was just the strange, you know, sorry ball um back and forth that got in the way in midseason and came to a head with that Kepa incident. You know, yeah. you can always circle back to Jorginho playing in that role. Um that is something that's gonna, you know, assuming Star sorry stays on to next season, that is something that's going to have to get sorted out one way or another, um, especially without new players coming in to just say, oh, we're replacing him. Yeah. It's, well, it's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say, I mean, I think, I think he almost has to stay on at this point, especially if I'm looking at this from a Chelsea's fan's perspective, you know, if he gets fired, then it's, there's no way I don't think a manager can come in and harness that dressing room, that that dressing room would need to mature on its own because they clearly would have enough power than to just push out a coach just because they don't like them or they're not playing the right type of football. It seems like the board has no loyalty to the coach there. And mm-hmm. so, like, I, I want, I would really want to see Sarri stay there if I was a Chelsea fan to try to see this thing out and to see if you can get the dressing room to rally around the manager because I just, I mean, I don't see a, a path to a, to a, you know, what Chelsea wants, which is trophies, if they can't at least respect their manager, you know, in like the rumored mill isn't circling every single day. Like through all of this, he's sitting a third of the table. Like he's doing okay. It is first I mean, season. the turnaround was miraculous. They were dead and buried a matter of weeks ago. So yeah, I mean, I top, think, almost 10 points clear. I mean, a lot, a lot has changed. I mean, but, lest we forget the title of the segment is, does anyone want to finish in the top four? But fair as play. Stand, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it is a merry-go-round. It is pretty ridiculous. 
Yeah. Well, um, maybe let's jump. Let's jump ship over to Spurs and and set aside their big win today, which Huge I think, win. which I think collateral damage falling out of that. Um, we're referring to them beating City in the Champions League, which is off brand for us. Yes. But um, implications, collateral damage coming out of that. Kane out for the season. I don't know if you saw that. Did or, they say out? I, it looked bad. It uh, looked the quote bad. Was the quote was likely out for the season? I mean, it, it, I wouldn't be shocked if he broke his ankle. You know the way that 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 and, happened. What did you think of uh, Pochettino taking exception to Delph? Yeah, oh, I was about to bring that up. You beat me to it. I'm glad. I don't know if you stayed on to watch the post-match celebrations and handshakes and whatnot. No. But they they made up and were very clearly amicable, which I'm happy with because that that sat the completely wrong way with me um, when I saw Pochettino having to go at him. uh, Maybe in the moment. That's your best player. You're going to protect him. If you want to have some words with him, I'm okay with that. He was still chirping him right. 15 minutes later, which to me was insane. One, Delph, regardless of the relationship between the two players, um, he it was completely innocuous. It was just one of those freak incidents that, that you can't avoid. And two, they're, Engl- they're England teammates. There's so clearly no animosity there, which is why I took exception to uh, the way Pochettino acted until he, he um, you know, pulled Delph aside towards the end of the game, or after yeah. the game. Yeah, the only thing that I'll say to kind of give Pochettino a little bit of credit there is, you know, Delph was sent off for like a very, very similar incident earlier this year, and he got a yellow card for a very, very similar incident this year where he swung through the ball very hard and landed his cleats into the middle of somebody else's shin. Uh, mm. Like, in... And so I don't know if there – I don't think – this one was really t- – I really don't think there was anything that Delph could have done differently on a this bit one. Of, it, uh, it, a bit of reputation preceding him on this one. That's the only thing that I can say might give – like in that moment, you see the very same type of injury, your star player go off. You know, as, as much as I like to give Tottenham, like Kane's a, Kane's a pretty tough guy. He's not a guy that I'd expect to just go down and stay down. Or, no, but he needed he, help yeah, off. He couldn't so, even walk himself down the tunnel. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's it's just going to be emotions will be running high. So I'm willing to give Pochettino some credit, uh, especially if you knew about that history. Because I did, I I wanted a close eye on that one too, just because knowing knowing how Duff was sent off earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't think he's the the cleanest of players out there. So, um, but again, I don't think I don't think this one was anything too much. <laughs> but yeah, you got to wonder where does you know even as good as form other people and like yeah, what are well, what is Tottenham's hope now? Well, yeah, I mean, set aside where they go from here. Let's talk about um, where they've been even when Kane was in the team. So set aside the Champions League game today. Their form has been um, their most recent game. They beat Crystal Palace to to kick off uh, April. Before that, they had not won a Premier League game since February 10th. Wow. It. I mean... Just going back and, and doing that digging, the entire month of March, not a single victory, and not even towards the latter stages of February. I mean, you remember they lost that game to Chelsea right after that Keppa incident, which seemed like the catalyst to that bad run of form. And now I, um, I'm not willing to count them out because they've got that new stadium effect going on. And mm-hmm. sometimes, I mean, sometimes there's a bit of a next man up mentality when you lose your best player. It's never a good thing, but... Son seems like he's coming back to the fore. Um, yeah. is, is Lucas going to step up and be that be that guy? You know, is Deli Alley going to make a true return from his injury? Um, so their form has been pretty terrible. Champions League aside, yeah, I mean their their form's been terrible, but Son's form has been incredible. The guy I think is really. Uh, Established most, himself. Most likable player in the Premier League outside of your own team. No, no bias. 
he's got to be up there. Yeah, Jeez, I can't I think mean, of somebody. I can't think of somebody. Maybe Conte. He was. Uh, he but was you know, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. When he when he scored his goal and emotions were running high, he did that thing where he like yelled at the camera, and usually they have to bleep it, and I don't think they did. I couldn't hear it, but I assume it was just a very benign, nice thing <laughs> that he was yelling at the camera. Yeah, he's like, I love. Did this everyone stadium. enjoy that? Is everyone having a good time? And what a what a goal that was, man! That was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was a a very strange one, but I think it's a pretty pretty good description of Son. He's very industrious. He seems to still have like have a lot of magic in him, and you know he he's probably their best player right now. Yeah, you know, as good I as would Kane say is. over. I would say over Erickson, uh, and I'm setting aside Kane, especially because the injury. But oh, I'm I saying think, like with Kane right now, like ooh. just in, on form, on form, oh, form I mean. wise, form wise. Yeah, I mean he. If you remember, they kind of bought him on a on a punt to be a super sub, and and he's he's very much now established himself as you know second or or th- right. firm third fiddle behind Kane. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's he's this is this is a breakout season for him, I think, and so I'm, mm-hmm. he, he he's putting the league on notice, and you know we'll see what he does next year, but I expect a lot from him. Problem um, yeah. is, how are they going to line up? Because none of those players, aside from Fernando Llorente, who uh, <laughs> right. has some problems, um, no one's an out and out striker. No, on that side. No, I mean, so. that, and that was the biggest. That's the biggest thing I think the Tottenham is missing is depth. You know, when you look at their their starting eleven, well, that's yeah, a starting they eleven. Were, they, were, can, they were playing in in the <laughs> the end the end result of where all that money went that new stadium. True. Yeah, they they, they were the only uh, top six side to not sign anybody in the summer, and I don't believe they signed anybody in the winter either. So they've gone two straight no. windows without signing anybody. So correct. Yeah. Uh, and they're milking it for what they got, and like credit to them, they've you know remained relatively healthy. I know Deli Ali missed some time, and Kane missed some time, but uh, you know it it doesn't feel like they've collectively you know had one of those like injury plagued runs like Arsenal did or like United did. Um, and but it, it like what do they do? You're exactly right. It's Lorente. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't want to play him ninety minutes. No chance. No, and so, I mean, mean, do you play anything, like Deli Alley at a false nine? Uh, but then, like, you know, you're playing a little too <laughs> passive in a race that I think needs needs something. I mean, do you play Son as an out and out striker? That, yeah, I think it would be a bit more of that, like a Son yeah. uh, false nine, because you can have Lucas sh- uh, shift in a little yeah. bit, of Chelsea, a little Chelsea esque false nine kind of thing going on. Because, yeah, I mean, Dante's yeah. not the guy you want to have start out. It's if you think they can be weak from crosses, that's that's where you get that guy in. Yeah, Lorente L- L- might be. I mean, I don't know. What, I don't know exactly what their schedule is, but maybe against a lower lower table side, you know, somebody in the bottom five. Lorente mm-hmm. could probably bully his way around, and 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 then that just at least is a body up top that allows those other guys to run in underneath. But um, rumor has yeah, it, I mean, is, is the critique always is like as good as their starting eleven is, like probably a starting eleven that they're comfortable trotting out against any other starting eleven in the Premier League. What happens when one guy goes down, let alone Kane? Well, that's why their uh, bid for the title this year could just be summarized as that's cute. Right. It was about a, it was about a two week stretch, and then mm-hmm. it was right back down to the, you know, the the battle for fourth. So yeah. But let me let me ask you this: If you're a Tottenham fan, what what are you, what are your expectations for this the re- the end of the season? Where you are right now? Where you got you have a lead going into the second leg of the Champions League against City, a, a, a fixture that you probably didn't expect to win, and now you got a little bit of hope. You're sitting mm-hmm. in fourth place. You know, technically, it's it, the the top four is yours to lose. Like, what do you, what do you think a Tottenham fan would be? good with this year i think it would be disastrous not to win um a fourth place spot because 
the uh, that stadium is designed to hold Champions League events. And I think that's what they're almost expecting to get an ROI on the amount of money they sunk into that. They need to be playing. I think they've made a statement with it that they are playing a certain tier of football now. And what makes the Premier League so exciting is the ambitions of six teams and like the margin of error that they've set for themselves and then the right. reality that only four teams can um, can play in this specific competition which brings in the best talent in the world yeah it, that, I mean it's, it's amazing it's 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 kind of what makes it special so to that point I was gonna bring this up later with city I think um, because uh, on Prem de la Prem cast we always talk top four before we talk title race that's mm-hmm. just how it goes but um Spurs and City have two more run-ins right back-to-back. The first one is the Champions League game, City at home, followed by, again, City at home in the Premier League. And my sense is that the loser of the Champions League game will win the following Premier League game. Interesting. I I mean... And if I'm Spurs... It'll mean more for them, whatever they're going for. If I'm Spurs, I care more about finishing the top four than Champions League. Exactly how I feel as a United fan. Because I don't think of Spurs or United as realistic contenders. Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. Like, as I, you know, I think Chelsea and Arsenal have a little bit different of a, a mindset, but I'd still rather finish in the four, in the fourth spot than I would win the Europa League. Ooh. Yeah. Well, oh man, it's so tough now. I was I mean, we're we're all over the place now. Yeah. I was going to say I thought you would want to hang your hat. It, it's almost an easier route to win the Europa League than than bank on making the top 4. Yeah, I mean it's just it's <laughs> it, I mean it depends on the draw for sure. I mean, we I'm sure we'll talk about it a little bit, but um you know, Arsenal's away form it's just so bad uh, <laughs> in their run of games in the Premier League. I think I think that's more of a test of like where this team is than the champion. Than, yeah. Than well, well, why don't Europa we League. on that? Why don't we jump to Arsenal, who sure. are below the cutoff as of right now? They Correct. are a point behind Spurs. That um, you know that was short lived. <laughs> they yeah. are now a point. Behind, <laughs> they're a point behind Spurs. They got the memes out while they could, right? Uh, and they are also a goal behind on goal difference, just to add to the spiciness. Um, so, yeah, I mean, let's talk about their away form. I believe you were on a flight when they played Everton this past weekend? Yeah, I was on a flight, landed, looked, saw one nothing with a 10th-minute Phil Jagielka goal, and that's a that's a remote-through-the-TV kind of game without even watching it. You know, there's no... It, oh, I, I mean... It, and I did, I did watch parts of it. I, I could watch. It was an awful game. But it's, so you, I, it's just the character of the Arsenal side. That's been my biggest, biggest fear with them. Like, who do you turn to when the going gets tough? Real quick, I think you experienced uh, an iota of what I experienced when I realized we book our flights back from Spain uh, during oh, yeah. the, semi, the semifinal. And I paid a premium for Wi-Fi just to use with my dumb hamster brain. I used it all <laughs> up in the first half. <laughs> Didn't have it for the second half. Got up, asked the flight attendant what the score was. He goes, Croatia won an extra time. Please return to your seat. <laughs> <laughs> Just my life's ended. Yeah, that was that was um, a brutal, brutal experience. Um, um, just, anyway, sorry, but there's you some were, things you were you talking probably... about. You were talking yeah, about ahead. bottling it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, um, England certainly did, and I'm hoping Arsenal don't. <laughs> They're sitting. You know, I think that it's, you know, Arsenal, the only team in the Premier League 
that has not kept an away clean sheet of all 20. You know, it's not just like a top, we're not, I know we love to sit and just talk about these, you know, four teams, but all 20 teams, everyone has done it away. Arsenal can't do it away. I don't think it's Leno's fault. I think he's been, you know, the signing that we would have wanted. Sorry, know, what's much, this? All 20 teams have done it away, but Arsenal can't? Kept a clean sheet. Oh, is Arsenal the only team that hasn't kept? They're the a clean only sheet? team in the Premier League who has Whoa. not kept an away clean sheet. Yeah, it's, it's an embarrassing statistic. That's a saber metric. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just a regular stat, but <laughs> it, it's All right. yeah. I I just think that there's there's something, and it's also kind of a self fulfilling prophecy. Like this whole thing happened last year, and I feel like teams think that on their home turf they can get points from Arsenal. I think it's a mentality that other teams have, and I don't think Arsenal has somebody in their side who can I week in week out has like the aptitude and mm-hmm. grit to to like I think people have the grit, like I think you know Socrates has the grit, but he's now suspended two games because he got two more like another yellow card. And can so, I say this? Can yeah. I say this not meaning to be triggering? Um, especially yeah. because what's going to happen? Well, no, I mean, let me let me empathize well, with you because Old okay. Trafford. The saddest thing to me is it used to be a fortress in the sense that it was loud, and and that's been a problem to the extent that we're installing these um, chanting sections. So my question to you is: Do you really think your home form is down to Emirates being a quote unquote fortress? Because to me, Emirates is up there with Old Trafford as a pretty quiet and benign yeah. um, home environment. I, th- I I I agree. Uh, you know, as much as I enjoyed my experience at the Emirates, you know, you can you can feel Guttersaurus can only do television. so much. Yeah, I mean, Guttersaurus <laughs> is a legend, so you know, watch what you're saying about him. But you know, when you're watching a Liverpool game, you know, you can hear the words of the songs, and like I can ba- barely make out the tune of "We Got Ozil" as he's hoofing one out of bounds for no reason. You know, it's just a different experience, and I just think it's a comfort level with the players. It's something where you Not know, having the, to travel. I think, stuff I like think that. that they have a. Well, I think I think that that Arsenal still has a pretty fragile mentality, and I think home, mm-hmm. the home environment gives them a little bit of comfort, knowing that they can score. I mean, I think Lacazette has something like like 12 goals in his last 20 home games or 15 goals in his last 25 home games or something like that. You know, he, he, he just comes to life on that field. And I think he also only has like 20 Arsenal goals. So what is like, what happens to him when he goes away? Um, I just, I, I just think it's that tough. Like you don't even know who's going to wear the armband week in, week out. Mm-hmm. Like as much as I love Kosielny, he's not a guy that is going to you know be that guy you turn to always. Like, I don't think he's that type of a leader. Yeah, like when you I'm look sh- at like 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 Fernandinho, Jordan Henderson, like these guys aren't like I, I don't particularly like either of them, but those are guys that I, you can tell that when you know shit hits the fan, other guys are are, are down with them. You know they they can get people behind them. Right. I don't I don't think Arsenal has a character like that. Right. And I'm sure what was particularly frustrating and someone would probably need to fact check me on this because I'm not going off of um, something that's written out in front of me, but. Um, it's, it had seemed like you guys had turned some kind of corner with Emery because the classic Arsenal downfall was always February or like, you know, the January, February, early March, the, the dog days of winter, um, where you guys started to fall apart. And this season it happened a little bit differently. You, you got a bit of an uptick in form, I believe, starting in February and, you think you've turned a corner and then it's it's same old Arsenal losing away to Everton right when things seem really good. And that does 
ring true to Wenger again uh, you might need you might actually know better than me on this one um, his problem never specifically seemed to be against other top six sides at least comparative comparatively to how they were doing in the season it was always the away games and grinding out results away from home yeah yeah cer- certainly in his um you know his last few years um, right the later years yes yeah, yeah 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 I mean but even even before then you know those were the games but like in the in the last few years Arsenal didn't take hardly any points off the top six. You know, he was he, he wasn't he was a couple steps below lower than he needed to be. You know, every top six team took a break, and then uh, you know the five million to one odds. Leicester mm-hmm. goes and wins a championship because Arsenal can't fight them off. You know, right. um, but you know this. I mean, I'm not. It's obviously they're coming off that loss to Everton, and you know the worst socks are going to my head is like, well, our next game is away at Watford. Okay, and then we have one little game. I think. Crystal Palace or, or something like that, and then we're away at Wolves, mm-hmm. and then away at Leicester, and these are literally there's four teams fighting for the seventh spot, and the seventh spot is the very last Europa spot, so they all have something very very big to play for. Yeah, especially when you talk about the money that might come with a European run if they're able to make the group stages, you know that that's a lot for one of those four clubs, and we have to go away to all of them, and so when I'm looking at that, obviously the fear is like you know. If Arsenal kind of succumbs to the ways of Arsenal past, then you know what, you know, w- then what was this season? Was it just a you know a mirage for a little bit? I mean, it was the high? You know, I mean, you're just going to dig in even more when you talk about Arsenal being a bottler, and you, you'd have a fair point. But the other side of me is thinking, if they're the team that I want them to be, this is the type like they need to be able to respond to that loss at Everton yeah. and then go to Watford and stomp them out and be like, and, no, 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 we're in yeah, a top by four. By all means, nothing is yeah. lost. Right. Um, but I, I didn't. I don't think we brought this up on the last podcast. This might have been something we just talked about in person. But that um, on paper, you've got the quote unquote easiest run in of the other teams vying for a top four spot because we talked about no more, no more top six clashes. But would you almost rather have say home to Spurs or home to United versus going away to Wolves? It, it, it seems honestly, like yeah. that's the kind of season that you guys are having. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I, I, it's. Arsenal's home form is also uh, second only to City, right? Yeah, it's phenomenal. So it's 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 this Jekyll and Hyde thing, and unfortunately, we got four or three more now away, really tough away games, and then three pretty easy home ones. So you know, I'm pretty sure Arsenal is going to get up to 72 points, but then what are they going to do with those other three games? And I think that you're probably going to need, you know, mid 70s to finish in the top four this year, at mm-hmm. least. And mm-hmm. so maybe even high set, maybe even 77, 78. So Arsenal's going to have to get results there and probably probably not one point. They're going to need to win some games. I think they need to win two of those. But if I'm Emery, the speech I'm giving is this is very much in our hands and we can do of this. Course. It's just like the stand up and be counted moment. Yeah. And to, his, and to his credit, that is very much his philosophy is not to think about the losses, say good evening, and then come back the <laughs> next day and get to work on the next game. And I think that has served Arsenal well this year. It's just when they, you know, if Watford gets a quick one or if they score off a, ca- a, a, a corner kick or something like that, what does Arsenal do in that moment? I'm not worried about them walking into the game feeling any type of way, but mm-hmm. th- how would they respond in that moment when they feel the game slipping and the implications on the table? Mm-hmm. I don't know that they have, you know, maybe, maybe it's Ramsey. Maybe it's Ramsey's one last ride. He's the guy that I want wearing the armband the most right now. Well, that's what, I mean. That's playing what I out saw. his contract the way you want him to. That's what I saw from the Everton highlights. The guy who had the most grit was the one leaving for a fat Juventus paycheck. Yeah, and credit Again, to Ramsey, but the best. that says a lot. Yeah, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I think it says a lot about Ramsey in a very, very positive way. It doesn't say so much about the rest of the guys they got there. Exactly. Um, uh, and so I wonder, I wonder who that is. I wonder if they need to bring in somebody. Somebody uh, can step up. You know, I mean, I, it, I almost want it to be Lacazette, but you know, I, I think you, you can't have that guy be your forward. Mm. Like you need somebody that has a little bit more of responsibility to mm. settling a tough game down, or maybe it is. Maybe it is a guy who just you give him the ball and he just scores. I don't know. Well, I'll, let me pose this to you, and I'm just going to say it and see how it see how it sits on the, uh, the tip of your ears. But uh, El Nenny started this past game, and Arsenal lost. <laughs> uh, I guess that ruins my take of Arsenal can't lose when El Nenny starts. Which another one, don't fact check me on that. Um, <laughs> I don't think this is the first time this has happened. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> There were some rough games under under Mr. Arson <laughs> the last couple of years. No, I mean you know he might he might be a, a a cut below everybody else on that on that team, but you know he's a guy I think who always plays for the badge, and I, I've never had a never never taken issue with him. And he came off early, didn't he? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Okay, then there it is. That's why we lost. You um, leave him in. Oh yeah, true. Uh, is it Suarez time? I think we're going to see Suarez next year. Unfortunately, I just don't think. Um, he's really adapting well. That's what Emery said early, and he said he's almost there. Um, and I, so I don't. I, I'm not my. I hope to be wrong, but I don't think we see Dennis Suarez really much this year. Okay, but I think next year he's gonna be good. Yeah. Anyway, well, um, on the last place. That le- <laughs> hey, best of the rest. <laughs> uh, do you want my to- screen on the table cuts off at six? Uh, that's weird. Yeah. Uh, do you want to drive this one or? Yeah, well, I mean, I, I obviously um, la- look, what we're talking about is Manchester United. They are in sixth, um, three points behind Tottenham for fourth place, and five points behind Chelsea for third place. But again, uh, they have a game in hand as do the as do Tottenham and Arsenal on Chelsea. So mm. even third place is still technically within reach here. Um, and their form not great, having lost I think two of their last three in yeah. the in the uh, in the in the Premier League. Um, uh, three of their three of their last four. Oh no, I'm oh, sorry. Wow. One, no, they drew. No, one of which was a uh, the FA Cup loss to Wolves. So two of three, yeah, two of our last three losses. Gotcha. So not the best form. They have Manchester. Or, so they sorry. They have Barcelona tomorrow at home, um, and then. West Ham, Barcelona, and then it's Premier League to see out the season with yeah. tough games. Tough games with um, Everton, City, and Chelsea, and then the Champions League final sometime late May. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the question is, James, do you think that with that schedule and United's position in the table, uh, that top four, the the, the 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 United makes a top four run, like a legitimate one, with their current form, their position in the table, and the uh, schedule ahead. Um, hmm. realist me says it's unlikely. Um, what I will say is if it's going to happen, it's going to be done this month because we have, I think the one, the one that's a non-starter is our next premier league game against home against West Ham. So I'm absolutely must win. We have to chalk that off as if it's going to be a win to even have this discussion. So let's get past that. Um, let's talk about Everton away, Manchester Derby, home to Chelsea. 
if you can see those through, you've got Huddersfield and Cardiff. So let's say we come out of this month favor favorably, then yes, 100%. Then I'm locking right. those games against Huddersfield and Cardiff. There's no way you're slipping up if you have if you have good results. Um, there is potential the Manchester Derby gets moved. Remember, or maybe not. Would the Champions League semifinals be in that week? No, it's probably too soon. Yeah, that's right. We would have a semifinal game somewhere in there. Uh, yeah, so Solskjaer, all he said, uh, we need five wins. So he's counting that as Everton away, one of the one of the big games, uh, City or Chelsea. Chelsea at home. West Ham, Huddersfield, yeah. and Cardiff. Oh, both at home, actually, which is good. Both at home. I feel good, objectively, non-biased, I feel good home to Chelsea. I think... Yeah, do that one. the The Manchester Derby that's a toss one, up, but yeah, the Manchester you, Derby one is going to be very strange to me. I I just see this world where I guess this is the cynic in me coming out, and based on current form. But City wins away, and all the Liverpool fans say, you know, you couldn't even do us one favor. Blah blah blah. One of those, and um, I wonder if it's at the point in the season because City would have already played Spurs. Um, if we beat City, are we handing Liverpool the title? It's a very interesting game that has a lot of implications. Obviously, first and foremost, you don't want to care about the title race. You just want to win that game because top four is on the table. But um, I think when you look at it on paper, it's the toughest schedule. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that the I, th- I don't think the players will be looking to do anything other than win that game. No, no but I did want to ask you, the fan, if you're forced between choosing, like if you win, if you get in the top four, you. 100% would give Liverpool the title or yes. if City beat you and then that would guarantee Liverpool would not get the title which would you choose? Are you saying the second one still leaves the possibility for top four open? I'm a little confused. No, no, no. So basically a loss, you're would out I, of the top so four. So would I rather have top four football or Liverpool win the title? I guess that's the simpler, you know, more digestible oh, oh. way to say that. Yeah, top four football. 100%. I don't know if you were trying to catch me in a little word trap, but... Uh, I was not. I was not. You're just much more eloquent, which is why you handle the intros, outros, and transitions. That's true. I don't even know what you do. I just sit here and I doodle. I'm just circling plays. I'm saying, get it to the bug-eyed man <laughs> you and quote. swing it into Lacazette for a smasher. And Katie, then take I'm, his crayons away. He's distracted. Yeah, I'm writing the Ozil in big old crayons, and I'm going to mail this thing to London Conley. You say CC you're, uh, Mr. Unai Emery, you and call it game plan <laughs> versus Watford. <laughs> Watch the tape. Thank me later. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, I, I think that's an interesting thing you say because I frankly would not I, – I wasn't sure what you were going to say there. I almost, I honestly thought you might say I would rather City win the title again and us miss. Oh, no. I think um, – The top I think four. Any, I think any United fan who would say the opposite is a bit plastic. I, I, you, really? You obvi- I mean, yeah. I mean, you definitely have your – your bitter rivals and whatnot, but I think the philosophy that has to be drilled in to any fan is you always prioritize the betterment of your team. And if you know you look at it as long term, what I said when Ole uh, came in was, it will not be on him if they don't make the top four. Obviously, the amazing run they've had and recent downtick has convoluted that a little bit because now it is kind of in his hands whereas before it wasn't even in his hands to begin with mm-hmm. but um i think you have to look at it as now that we have this opportunity with the top four think about the players that all can bring in players who would not be playing 
Champions League football versus those who are. So it's a really big opportunity that we're not in the driver's seat to take advantage of now, but um, it's it's extremely important. And I think whether or not it's City or Liverpool, you're really picking from the lesser of two evils. So I don't think that should cross anyone's mind. Um, Interesting. And that, yeah. that I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because that was... That was one of the biggest things around it, surrounding um, Ole's appointment was it's an experiment. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. We'll go after somebody big. And in he comes with the best start in Premier League history. So, you know, I, I am fully in support as objectively as, you know, I can be about him being the full-time manager. I think he's earned it. I think it's a good decision for the club where they stand right now. What I wanted to ask you about it is now that he has this chance – are you? Do you think it's any sort of an indictment on the team or his ability as a manager if they don't finish in the top four now that he's had this opportunity? Obviously, I wouldn't blame it on him and say he's not going to be the manager next year. But no. what does it say going forward? What I will say is, if it's if it's a, if this downturn in form continues, it will be strange to me. I, you know, I, I think about the psyche of the players and what's going on in their minds. Are they starting to think about what every other fan is realizing, which is, oh, shit, this team's not very good. And mm-hmm. that's kind of one of the points that I wanted to raise. We had that first when we lost to PSG, which was a top quality side who are just absolute supreme bottlers. Um, you yeah. know, we lost to it's a incredible. very good. We lost to a very good PSG side. And, and that was the first moment, you know, um, uh journalists wrote about this they go this reminds everyone that this united side is not good um and then the the miraculous second leg victory kind of wiped that out and now it's coming back again i think arsenal um which was the first the first bad result right it was arsenal um let me yeah i mean i guess you could call it the bad a bad result yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I, you know, mean, I didn't even mean that <laughs> facetiously. It was the no, like literally, it was the first loss after a run of uh, run of victories. Um, yeah, the, the the first Premier League loss. You're right. Yeah, because the yeah, the PSG so games Arsenal, were in there. Um, we watched that game together. It was a strange game because I don't think Arsenal was the better team. So that one you can swallow. And then we go to the FA Cup and lose to Wolves, and that was the first damp squid game where. We missed some early chances and then didn't show up. And then Watford, we snuck by um, unconvincingly. And then, oh, I hate Wolves. To, to lose to Wolves again, Ollie said we played well. I would argue that. But point being, I do get a little concerned when there's a downturn in form now that Ollie's been brought on full time. You know, what what's going on in the players' minds. But I don't think of this as an indictment because... You have to look at the squad that he has, and he's got the job to look at new players in the summer and how to make this team better, because we talked about this with um, the quality of Chelsea's team. I don't think this United team set aside a couple star-studded names, best goalkeeper in the world and and Paul Pogba, and then whatever you want to classify um, Lukaku as. Um, It's just not as good of a core squad, and I don't think that's me being spoiled. I don't know how you would say it. No, I agree. I, I absolutely agree. The fact that you're excited to see Ender Herrera in a team sheet, I think, says everything. That's <laughs> it. You know what I mean? Like he, he's he's like it's it's like the, it's not it's not the same thing because Herrera is a little bit 
more uh he's got an actor of a figure than mr el Nenny, but it's like you you like him in there because you know he's going to put in the best shift he can put in but that's a low low bar mm-hmm. and 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 yeah united's not a team that I think consistently strikes fear into into people in that little run of form with 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 Olay, especially with a couple of those late yeah. win late late winners. There was there was an aura around that club. There was something about the way that Lingard and Rashford were carrying themselves, and you know, in in McTominay, you know, say I'm this this is the club I've meant to play for, and it's a huge fucking club, and we're not going to lose. They have that kind of like look in their eye from time to time, and you know, I I think very very highly of Rashford, but. But yeah, it's, it's it's not a club that I think, or it's not a team, a first team that you know I, I really think is that competitive against the no. other. And you you'll know, find you'll find we'll we'll bring up the same points because we'll bring up the same points from our first few podcasts because not a lot has been solved. Martial will go missing. Lingard will you know confuse the hell out of people as to why he's in the team because you forget that he's had a few good games and he puts in a shift because he has he has some really baffling performances where he goes missing i think rashford's had an overall very strong season and proves that he's, he proves that he's legit so i, I do think i do think there's improvement in rashford's game but lukaku i feel like more questions rise than are answered and then pogba the guy who's brought in to be the big player in the big games kind of performs against the Huddersfields and the Cardiffs, but doesn't show up in the big games. So there are the same questions around this United squad, and we could go on and on, but um, for the purpose of moving this, moving this along, yeah. I, di- I did want to bring up a conspiracy theory that I have. Hit me. <clears throat> did you, along with, because I know other people kind of tweeted about it and whatnot, but did you find it strange why Woodward hired Ole when he did full-time? I did not, no. Why? So, for context, it was on the back of the Arsenal and the Wolves loss after two okay. straight losses before the Watford game. Gives them the full-time job. And at first, it, it, it was kind of eyebrow-raising. It was, it was why do this um, now? Obviously, he is fully deserving of the job. It's a matter Agreed. of when is he going to get it. But why do it now? Why not wait till the end of the season? Or why not do it previously, um, at least a couple games? And it brought me to the realization that for Woodward, he's a bit of a slime ball. To protect himself in the utmost way, to not receive any backlash, this was the only time he could have done it. Because everyone was calling for him to be hired, for Ole to be hired, all the fans. If Woodward didn't do it, it would be an absolute shame. So he needed to do it. But if Ole continued losing games... It would bring a decision back incumbent upon Woodward to go out and find a new manager. So I feel like Woodward hedged his bets and gave all of the job right now, and it, it felt it just felt a little slimy to me. I don't know if you're tracking that. No, I wasn't at all. Um, <laughs> no, right over my head. You know, I'm sitting here analyzing X's nose and not paying really attention. To that's that's where my focus is, James. It's not up in the in the front office. I'm more of an on the on the field, cleat right. session, the grass kind well, of guy. I'll save that one for WikiLeaks. But I do I I do think that right now you and I share a lot of things in common with our position in the table. You know, I think that we both have some things that you know we that really still puzzle us about the clubs we support really don't sit well with us on a really fundamental level um but also both have this kind of like strange cautious optimism about what is left in just the next really six weeks 
and uh, and have a position where the season can end very positively. Uh, and also, I think a little, um, you know, very negatively, at least for Arsenal, I think, should they miss the top four. I don't know how negatively for for United. It'd definitely be a bummer. But Arsenal uh, fan TV would get taken down. <laughs> Incite uh, the riots. Yeah, no, um, interesting space to watch. For yeah. sure. Uh, do we want to talk about uh, the two horses in the back? Yeah, let's 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 give them a little bit of shine. Title race. Um, Liverpool continuing to win one way or another in a very annoying Liverpool way. After yep. Spurs just pulled out one of the best bottle acts with Sissoko skying it on a one-on-one with Allison. Yep. Um, only for Liverpool to turn around and win. They are two on points. goal, no less. Oh God. Perfect Spurs. Your Lloris take really aged like a fine Merlot. Yeah, look, I say some dumb shit, but I also got some smart things. Yeah, I'd say it's like a 75-25. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He did save a penalty against Aguero and Aubameyang in big games, but I'm going to ignore that. Well, I mean, it's the Caballero effect. If you give a dumb True. person no time to think, he'll he'll make an instinctive save. If you True. give him too much time to think, he's slapping own goals into his own net. Yeah. Um, anyway, t- Liverpool two points ahead of City, but a game back, which is why this is so balanced on a knife edge. Their next game, this was a sne- this was a sneaky one for me. Their next game is home to Chelsea. Yep. After that, it this all weekend. Get- yep. Premier this Game weekend. of Thrones Sunday at the Masters. Liverpool Chelsea. It's Hello, a, it's friends. A- Jim Nance here. Yeah, it's going to be a perfect Sunday. The best Sunday that there could ever be. So it all gets easier for Liverpool after that. Uh, this is going to be a really telling game. There's a lot at stake for Chelsea, so it's not like they're just going to show up to get trounced. And then City, as we talked about, have those uh, those Spurs games and then United. So interesting spot to be in. Uh, are you still liking – who are you liking for this one? I think I think Liverpool's going to win the title. Really, um, I, mean, I do. They do they've have that got, team of destiny feel now. I, it's, they, it's it's so yeah, hard. There's to something. Th- there's just something about the way they're winning these games. It just it's just gutting sometimes. You know, the Tottenham one they stole at the last. Southampton they didn't score until the 80th minute. Uh, Fulham, I'm not really sure how that the the, the scoreline worked out, but you know they're pulling these games out of their ass. Um, and They've got Liverpool, or they got Chelsea at home, and on their form, you gotta like them to take three points. And then after that, like they don't really have a game that there's nothing on their schedule that I think that they would lose until maybe Wolves at home. But like Wolves at home to win the title is what their scenario is going to be. Whether or not they need a draw or a win, they're going to go into that game with an opportunity to win the title. I think City's path um, is a little tricky. With all those games against Tottenham, they got Leicester at home to end the season, so they, that's not an easy game. And then obviously they got to go to United with United having everything to play for. I, I just think the path is a, a little too tough for for them to come out, you know, essentially unscathed. Uh, and so I'm going on the record now and saying that I think Liverpool's going to win the title because I think it's going to be a lot clearer after their game against Chelsea this weekend. <laughs> So I got to get the takeout first. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask it from you well, as first, well. First, uh, I'm catching you in your own petard that you've just hoisted. But uh, <laughs> to, say, to say it was the first take, we're gonna have our next segment. Look back at it, and uh, <laughs> you'll find out that uh, that was actually my prediction at the beginning of the season. So credit to me. It was mine too. 
Hmm. Oh, all right. Well, why are you saying first reported when you already reported it? It seems awful fishy to me. I don't think I said that. Maybe I was just going. I kind of blacked out in the middle of that thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you want to jump to? Well, I've got City. Uh, I've pivoted. So I actually reserve the right, if Liverpool wins, to say that it was my take at the beginning of the season. But as of right now, I'm choosing City. So really, I can't be wrong. I can only be right. God, it's like, uh, it's the, what's the opposite of a catch-22? Because you just figured out the universe, my man. Uh, you should go to Vegas. No, that's... Whew. It's high time. Red Couple or black. Fortnights. Red or black. Both. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to bounce on a knife edge, just like this title race. No, but it's going to be fun. I'm super excited just for, you know, not just the title race, obviously, because that's, you know, that's what we're going to be watching come, uh, come uh, you know, May, May 12th, last day of the season. But <laughs> I do really hope this fucking trash can fire of the battle for top four gets sorted out so we can enjoy this historic title race because we have not been paying it its due. No, we haven't at all. They're just the two best teams ever to go at it in the Premier League, <laughs> and we couldn't be bothered because we, we got a whole bunch bothered. of we got a whole bunch of people uh, just trying to climb a greasy ladder a little bit below them. Yeah, uh, but no, it's, it's it's what I think is super super interesting about this is all six teams left have something to play for, like not just. Um, you know where they'll finish or are they going to finish second or third like literally are they going to either win the, the two teams that are locked into the top four are fighting for the title all the other teams are fighting for a, a Champions League berth uh, and the other thing that I think is really interesting is all six teams at, at you know the time of this recording are still in European competitions so there's just so much oh, that's going to yeah. go down in this last you know five six weeks and there's a lot of different storylines that are coming to play you know Pending how, um, you know, particularly for um, those teams in that the 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 bottom, you know, the three to, f- to six range, what are their European paths to the Champions League might become more interesting if they reach a semifinal right. stage. Yeah. So it's it's going to be a, a wild hey, ride. And, uh, credit credit to England, credit to the Premier League, all these teams in their respective European competitions, and a hell of a good national side. I, I don't want to say it was it was um, directly caused by the podcast, but there might be some correlating factors. Yeah, I mean, it's the first time that the top six sides have, have made it this far in European competitions in the first season we did a podcast. I don't see why it wouldn't be related. Ever. I just want to throw ever. On of all time. <laughs> Hyperbole station. All right, let's do a Kiki Do You Start Me. I'm just going to fire a couple at you, and then maybe we toss it up on the uh, Instagram shout-out at Prem Podcast and see what the people think. What do you think? Oh, that sounds good. I was waiting for the first I was, I was, I was like Usain Bolt in the blocks, waiting for my first one. <laughs> yeah, false start. All right, here we go. <laughs> Number one, uh, I would say the two best players on their respective teams, uh, Salah or Aguero. Not a direct, not a direct uh, like for like position, but I would say, you know, you're picking teams on the on the playground. Salah or Aguero? Aguero. Do you want to elaborate? Yeah. Um, he's done it for longer. And so when it comes down to it, uh, I guess I'm not picking teams on the playground with that one, but uh, with picking team person for the title race, <laughs> Uh, no, he's just he's just done it for longer. He's like he'll probably go down as the greatest, if or if not just one of the greatest, mm-hmm. uh, you know, South Americans to ever play in the Premier League when it's all said and done. Uh, oh, I he's, mean, not just South Americans. Like he's already 
just yeah yeah i mean i'm I'm putting him in a box to say the greatest of all time because i don't want to put him in the greatest premier league player of all time conversation just yet but i i think he's already got that crown is basically what i'm saying uh smaller competition robinho didn't quite pan out uh fred He's going to age like a fine wine. <laughs> Fred for the hat trick tomorrow. What are the odds? Oh, I forgot about <clears throat> Lucas Torreira. Never mind. Jury's still out. Uh, no, but I, I, he's, he's, he's just so he's just such a ruthless finisher. I mean, Saul's got a little bit of magic in him, but, um, you know, I, I, and I don't mean this to be like a discredit to Sala, but I think that there, it's a very good machine, but I think he's also a cog in that machine. I don't know how many less goals... Shakiri scores playing mm. the full season. Yeah, well, I think you're in in a weird way saying that City's also not a machine and Aguero's not a product of his environment, which is a little oh, strange. No, he certainly is. I, I, just in terms of like pulling something out of his ass, I trust, I'd, I'd take Aguero. Okay. Well, I do agree. And originally I was leaning Salah. Um, it's a tough one, though. It is. Because I'm, like, I'm defending I, my position, but it's very close. When you think winger versus out-and-out striker, I guess you think of assists as a, as a second factor. Um, they're, they both have the same amount of assists at seven. And I think Aguero has one more goal than him, 19 versus 18. So yeah, there you go. A proper Kiki, do you start me? That's a challenging mm, one. There you go. All right, we'll pose it to the fans. Number two, Edison or Allison? The one name wonders. Um, I take Allison. Uh, I think he's a better shot stopper. I think he's g- give you a better chance to keep a clean sheet. Uh, I think they both have comparable defenses in front of them, so I don't think that's really a factor. Um, and I'm not and I'm not too um, too wowed by Ederson's ability to uh, play the ball with his feet. Really? I no. I mean, I I'm like he's good at it, but it's like, like I don't I don't think it matters that much. I'm taking Ederson on that one. Uh, mostly for intimidation factor with that mug. Yeah, I mean, you, you see the goal he gave up today? Yeah, but I know that's why you chose Allison, and it frustrates me because you were pulling knowledge from literally five hours ago. And all the other flubs he has. Yeah, okay. Well, this also reminds me, we haven't done our all-time ugly 11. Ooh. That's off-season material. Okay. we got some juicy right. stuff to go yeah. during the regular right. season. Stay tuned for that. And then yeah. last one that I've got... Um, Sterling or Mane? That's a that's a tough one. I I probably gotta go Sterling, which is something I don't think I would have ever dreamed of saying just right? a year ago. Right? Um, it's funny, but no, I mean I feel like he's kind of put it together. You know, I feel like all the times where I'm like, oh, Sterling's on the ball, he's gonna fuck this up, and he just buries it. He... I think he's I think he's taken a big step in the last. 18 months and you know he did he he had a good run in with the uh with the national team uh, during the world cup great run for city being a huge huge voice in the very important international fight against racism yeah so you got to give him props there you do and um money i think is again you know the same really the same stuff i said about uh <laughs> about sala you except really less so copy paste yeah i don't know what um, I, I just Mane Mane has the edge on stats, but I think I would agree with you. I, I think right now I would take Sterling in my team. Um, today against Spurs, you know he was causing a lot of trouble, and his his whole story has always been a lot of build up, not a lot of end product. Uh, a lot of times, frustratingly so, but this season he has um, he has put it together. So I think Sterling's got a, li- a little bit more of the spark and the upside that you would want in your team. Oh, I agree. Yeah. 
That was Kiki. Do you start me? <laughs> Moving on. Um, I think we can t- briefly touch on our old takes from last year. I did want to spare a quick thought in our Around the League segment for Leicester City, Andy's beloved Foxes. Uh, James Mad Dog Madison, Vardy, and Yuri Thielmans all scored in their game over the weekend, and I don't think Andy even knew they were playing. No chance, but they have won four in a row. Great form to, to surge on up to uh, mm-hmm. to seventh right now. Uh, so they're definitely eyeing that, uh, that last European spot. Well, I That's did, a big thing. Yeah. Andy might, we could just tell Andy that we should just print out a copy of the table and then just change the numbers from 7 and 8 to 1 and 2 and so on and so forth and tell him Lester's going for the title. Yeah, just tell them they're in first place. Yeah, he'll have no idea. Mm, love it. Yeah, and this is all really just um, a, a trap that we're setting right now live to, um, to test him later on. So Yeah. Cool. He'll listen in two weeks and pick out the... Uh, the best word we said. <laughs> serendipitous of me right there. <laughs> hey, Patrick, loved your use of the word serendipitous. <laughs> I can't wait. All right. But now we spoiled it, so it might have to come earlier in the episode. Who knows what we said. Well, uh, let's round it out here. Uh, Pat, do you want to own up to uh, looking back at it? Do you want to own up to any of your, your takes from earlier in the year and how they've panned out? Okay, so let's talk... Um, Three takes that still have hope. Um, first one, Arsenal would be sitting on 80 points. Right now, they have six games left, and they are 17 points shy. For those of you math whizzes, that Quick means math. they need to win Need to win six in a row. Um, doable? Yes. <laughs> uh, probably won't be happening, though, if I'm being real with you. So... Yeah, I don't think that takes going so well, but I do think that the the general like that's a really aggressive point total. If they're able to finish in the mid to high seventies, I'll, I'll count it as a win on that take. You I like were what you, you were, did there, aim high. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, next thing was be that Lukaku would win the gold boot. Um, I think he's like fourteen behind right now. Sounds with, uh, good. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Do uh, you guys play Huddersfield? Maybe you could put up an eight spot on them. Uh, no, yeah, it's not going to happen. That one's that one felt really flat. He was coming off a good World Cup, and that was that was kind of like an emotional hedge, I think, for me. Mm-hmm. Like if How Lukaku so? was that good, I wanted to ha- own the take that I knew it would happen. You know so what I mean? You really didn't want him to be good. Well, I mean, I, no, I don't. Like full disclosure, <laughs> um, you just wanted but I did, to be the first one to the party. Yeah, I think he. I think he did really shine on that on that Belgian team, and I was drinking the Kool Aid, and I was afraid for him to just go on an absolute tear in the Premier League. But he didn't do it. That one, well, still jury's still out. He might do it. Um, and the other one would be that one of the top six sides would fall out of the top six. Right now, United is in sixth, and they are fourteen points clear of. I'm going to stop Wolves. you right there. <laughs> you so, don't need to keep going on that line of thinking. I'm uh, just saying the math works for that take to stay alive. God. So right now, let's just say I got three uh, three takes still cooking. How about you? I don't like when Arsenal fans sit above United fans <laughs> in the table. Um, good evening. <laughs> good evening, fourth place. From my high horse. Uh, 
Man, yeah, what, what were you was I going to say? I don't know. You said horse, and it got me thinking about a little Nas X. So, well, I, <laughs> <laughs> no, um, what I was going to say was not this season that uh, a top six team gets dethroned. It was it was a valiant you know take. I think that's another thing that you just wanted to say you were there when it happened and called it out early. So I uh, thought Chelsea was going to crumble, though. That shoot, was my logic. Shooter's going to shoot. Oh, yeah, you did think that. That's fair. So not this season. Yeah. Wolves is going to be an interesting, interesting team to watch. Yeah, a few teams kind of like, you know, low-key putting the bottom of the top six on notice. There's still a pretty clear gap, though. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't see any team other than Wolves being a clear, you know, outsider break-in because that team just seems like it's growing at a, at a pretty fast rate. That's true. You look at Leicester, Everton, and Watford, and, and it's kind of like, you know, you think that they're probably about maximizing what they can do. Right. Uh and so, yeah, Wolves is the one with the unknown. And I, I sent you something not to have a go at United being last on this table, but of the top six sides and Wolves, just kind of in a mini table playing them themselves, Wolves would be in third. They're they're balling with the big dogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, they'd actually be in dead last if you did that with the bottom six. So, so they, they might just have don't show up against Cardiff and Huddersfield. Is that right? Yeah, it, basically. That's so and weird. Uh, yeah, Huddersfield took uh, took six points off them. <sighs> I'm pretty sure two of Huddersfield. Don't fact check this one either. If uh, I'm pretty sure two of Huddersfield's three wins are off Wolves. Well, that plays into the theory about their Portuguese players being mercenaries. Ooh, you could have fact checked it. I just did, and I was right. That was ridiculous. How did they lose two games to Huddersfield? I don't know. Jeez. It's not on TV, so they don't show up. But uh, yeah, yes. Yeah, so uh, what are your takes? Well, we can go back through them. Uh, I had William Hazard and Courtois all staying. Two out of three there. Courtois left, I'd say, within hours of that podcast being posted. I think maybe before it even aired. (laughs) Don't do that to me. (laughs) Turn the plane around. Stop the edit, boy. So, two out of three there. Let's call that two-thirds of a correct take. Uh, And this next one's really going to... Bring us back down memory lane. I called it a hot take. Hindsight being twenty twenty, Mourinho lives uh, leaves mid season. Can you imagine a full season of Mourinho to the extent of crazy that he was back in November? It feels like he's been gone for years. It was like the, <laughs> the, the yeah the Great Water was, Bottle Smash of twenty eighteen. Yeah, mind you, Wenger gets gets excused for kicking one, and uh, you know that man gets to survive. Just another little. Little moment in their uh, their long long rivalry, but yeah. No, he was an absolute psychopath. The Juventus moment, all of those times where you know he was somehow like making miraculous excuses for his players, throwing his players under the bus. I mean, I miss him. Do you miss him? Um, in isolation. Part of you miss him in isolation. Yeah, sure. There's part of you that misses him. Oh yeah, entertain. Uh, he was destroying my club from the inside out. But <laughs> but yeah, I missed his sound bites. He was also living the real life shining because he lived in that hotel by himself. <laughs> I did not know I, that. Yeah, he he just he rented the top floor of a hotel in Manchester. His family stayed in London, and he lived there by himself. So what do you think was going to happen? God, just hit. Of all the people you wouldn't want to leave alone with their thoughts, he's got to be at the top of that list. <laughs> oh man, that does feel like years ago. But yeah, good take. Well, well said. And um, I think that was one you were you were rooting for. 
Yeah, I, 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 I'd say I was definitely erring on the side of wanting it to happen. And then one that I do want to give myself credit for um, without ruining anything for the run-in of these six games, Luke Shaw stays healthy all season. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's pretty impressive. That was a good one, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah he's, he's had his best season as a United player, mostly due to the fact that he's been fit enough to play these games. But I, I think he's done enough to earn himself the spot of left back for future seasons so yeah i'd agree not urgent replacement going into next season urgent replacement good on you luke uh you know we'll we'll probably be in for him soon you think no that was a joke okay good yeah they'll build a statue that boy outside the emirates one day all right patrick that about wraps it up do you want to do you want to bring us home with any crowley thoughts Oh, man, what a dangerous proposition that is. Um, let me just call it here. Going uh, Liverpool, City, Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, United. That's my top six. Final thoughts. So as it Crowley is. Crowley out. So as the table is. No, switch Arsenal and Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> and that's another episode of Prem de la Prem. Gotta love. Um... I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and do it. I'm gonna drop the Facebook post out to people. What? Yeah, I think okay. it's the Baker's Dozen episode. Let the people know. People gotta know. Thirteen for the press. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> They're all free, folks. If you're paying for this, someone's ripping you off, and his name's probably Andy the Engineer. Can you imagine? Yeah, Andrew's just bootleg selling our podcast he's, episodes on the Venice Boardwalk. Bo- yeah, he's got CDs of this. <laughs> With like a picture of some Jamaican dude on there, and he's just local, but he's but his, his heart's in the right place because he's trying to market for us. Oh, I mean, so I appreciate you, Andy. What? What do you still think has the, the highest downloaded episode yeah, what, in what podcast happened? history by a large margin? It's just the Andy effect. I've known the well, man for gotta... fifteen years, and there's something special about him. He sends you to the moon in more ways than one. Can't <laughs> wait to have him back. All right, send us out, Pat. You got this one. Oh, well, good evening, folks. Uh, what a wild and crazy ride this has been. Um, James, you want to send us out? <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Um, as you can tell, we enjoy this maybe a little too much, but um, we appreciate you guys sticking with us, and we're going to try and do this on a pretty regular basis um, through, to the end of the, through to the end of the season. And we'll check back in with some Instagram content. Uh, be on the lookout for a Facebook post if you're friends with uh, James Francis Burton. And um, we will see you on the airwaves in the matter of weeks. <laughs>